Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into Socks on Tap. Johnny Nani here. I am joined today by my guy, NWI Steve. We get to talk about a pair of White Sox winners. It's a glorious day. Um, but before we do all of that, I just need to make sure that you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. Steve, how you doing tonight? Hey, yo, Johnny. Doing well, my man. Coming off of a uh, nice little series victory there in Detroit. And I think if there's one thing that the Sox and Hawks fan bases can all agree on, it's Detroit sucks, baby. Hey, Detroit sucks. You put you put it perfectly, man. I couldn't have sent it any better myself. Um, like I mentioned, we have two wins to break down. So before we do that, uh, quick news update. Renteria providing an update on injured list pitchers. Um, Renato Lopez will get up and down twice later this week in Schaumburg, uh, likely to simulate two innings. Carlos Rodon still limited to only playing catch. Aaron Bummer's bicep is loosening up. Uh, his treatment continues. So keeping an eye on that. Uh, stay tuned to the Sox on Tap Twitter account. We'll retweet any updates that come from that. Anyway, enough of that, Steve. Uh, let's get into a couple of White Sox winners. First one, it was Tuesday night. White Sox took care of business, got back on track with an 8-4 to victory over the Tigers. Initial thoughts from this one. Yeah, you know, it was nice to finally see uh, the team have a little bit of fire under them. It looks like, you know, maybe... Uh, Dallas Keuchel's comments after the game on Monday night might have sparked a little bit of fire in this team. But I think more importantly than that, you know, they got they got kind of their spiritual leader in Tim Anderson back in the lineup as well as Edwin Encarnacion. And Timmy, you know, paid dividends for this team right away here. And, you know, between the performance yesterday and what, what he did today, I know we're going to talk about that a little later with the four hits. I mean, it looks like Timmy may be the straw that stirs this drink ultimately. Hey, how fitting. That is the title of this episode. So, yeah, you, I mean, you suggested that, and, and I think it fits perfectly. It really does. Uh, you can tell there's just a difference in attitude, I think. Uh, and it's weird because you can't quantify that. And I know, you know, uh, you, you like your metrics and data, but um, it really is something that's uh, emotional. And um, and obviously the hits obviously get that going. And you're talking about that from uh, the on-field aspect, but, you know, in the clubhouse aspect, too. You definitely tell. It makes a difference when Tim Anderson is around. He's always having fun. Uh, you saw I'm pipping that home run today. Um, so, you know, really nice to have him back. And then another guy that you mentioned in there, Edwin, uh, finally hitting an absolute rocket. Um, that was great to see. Yeah, it's it's nice to finally be relatively close to their full complement of a batting order uh, that we were expecting to have, you know, coming into the season. Obviously still missing Nick Madrigal here at uh, second base, but you know, getting those two, those are two pretty important cogs in this lineup here and um, really just helps to lengthen the lineup out. And, you know, I think maybe having Edwin back in there and and even Timmy to a certain extent at the top of the order, you know, maybe helping to take some of the pressure off of guys like um, Aloy Jimenez and Jose Abreu hopefully here. Yeah, definitely. So getting into this one a little bit, box score breakdown-wise, uh, Gio Gonzalez started this game, uh, went four and two-thirds, so one out shy of the decision here, but he did a, uh, you know an excellent job in this one. Six hits allowed, two runs, both of them earned, only one walk, two strikeouts. He did allow one home run. Um, but like I said, you know, it was uh, just an out short of getting the win there, but not, not those matter too much. Um, and then after that, uh, bullpen able to come in and lock it down. Ian Hamilton struggled a little bit uh, when he came in the ninth, but luckily the White Sox had enough insurance runs to pad that. Um, other than that, up and down the box score, like you'd mentioned, Tim Anderson first game back, he gets uh, he records one hit in that one. Um, Grandal with a hit, Abreu with three, he went three for four. Uh, Ewoy had two. 
Um, Edwin had the long fly, like I mentioned, that was his only hit. Um, bottom of the order, uh, you know, uh, goose eggs there. But uh, it's nice when you can get the production from the big guns up front. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, you know, you, you always wonder with a guy like Tim, you know, or, or really any player after a, you know, 10-day layoff coming in to see live pitching, especially in a season like this where you don't have the ability to go down to the minor leagues for a rehab assignment. Are they going to be a little bit rusty? Are they going to have some struggles reacclimating to live pitching in a game scenario at the major league level? And uh, that has not been the case for Timmy. He's just picked up right where he left off. And that's very important to see here at the top of this lineup here. And it's really providing a nice spark. Yeah, and another thing, too, is Tim Anderson also, you know, I'm looking at this, oh, yeah, only one hit, but he scored two runs. You're like, how else to get on? Well, he drew a walk, too, in his first game back, so I think that speaks volumes to um, him being able to adjust without having that minor league stint because it's not like you're playing in game action when you go to Schaumburg or anything like that. So um, really really nice to see, obviously, just Tim Anderson back uh, in our presence, but then also being productive um, immediately off the bat as soon as he comes back. So, um, yeah, other than this, uh, I think um, – you know, uh, my takeaways were uh, Ian Hamilton struggling a little bit there um, towards the end. But like I said, the, the insurance runs were there, so it didn't matter too much. But he is a guy, uh, someone that you've written about over the offseason, along with all of these other young arms that uh, you, you do want to see get on track because bullpen injuries like we've seen to Aaron Bummer. Right now we have two in the rotation with Rodon and Lopez. Uh, they're inevitable. They're going to happen. So um, we would like to see them bounce back. But, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Foster with two uh, scoreless innings, I believe he struck out three or excuse me, 13 through four innings so far yeah. uh, in his time with the White Sox uh, this season. So um, that's also encouraging. Um, other than that, um, you know, Zach Birdie, another clean inning. So uh, getting him ramped up because I think he can be a big cog in this machine too. Yeah, and another guy here that actually was able to um, kind of clean things up a little bit was uh, Steve Ciszek. He was able mm-hmm. to actually have an appearance without giving up a run. I think that's the first time here in a White Sox uniform for him. So hopefully, he did have you know, a, he can kind of... He did have a clean uh, inning Johnny, on Monday night, too. So it was nice to oh, it was nice to see that uh, kind of piggyback yes. off each other because he came in after Hamilton had gotten himself in a little trouble uh, on Tuesday night. But Monday night, even though it was garbage time, <laughs> we were already down. Bats not doing anything, but he did come in. So it's nice to see that rebound because I did talk about with Tony last time we were on. Didn't mean to cut you off, but while we were on C-Sheck there, I said, yeah, it's concerning. We're worried about him, but at the same time, you're going to need him down the line. Oh, that's a, that's a good call right there. I'm trying to block Monday's game out of my mind. So, yeah, so thank uh, you. I, I, I don't. I don't think anyone can blame you. Uh, everyone was ready to get out the pitch por- pitchforks on uh, Monday night, uh, myself included, you included. Uh, I think all of us here at Untap, we shared that uh, same sentiment. Uh, it was ugly Monday night, but this was a good bounce back win, the one we're talking about right now, an 8-4 winner um, on Tuesday night to kind of get things back on track and set us up for the series win today. So you got any final thoughts from Tuesday night's game before we move into the series clincher? No, you know, Tuesday night, like I said, it was nice to put an end to a three-game losing streak, you know, have the bats finally come to life and uh, put some runs on the board. So, you know, obviously going to bed Tuesday night, the hope was that, you know, early turnaround here today, this afternoon, that uh, the bats would not stay asleep. And, uh, you know, they, they certainly did not. Yeah, uh, and this kind of is a transitional point because um, it'll start from Tuesday and bleed into Wednesday, which is nice. Um 
Eloy Jimenez uh, went yard on Tuesday night, and, and that was excellent to see um, along with Encarnacion. But um, Eloy, after struggling for a bit, uh, he's starting to heat it up again because he did it again in the first inning today. And then getting into today's game, I can't even talk about Eloy first, though, so I guess it's not the perfect transition because Timmy had to go and put one up uh, to lead off this game. How great was that? Not only the fact that he hit the home run, he had a 10 10- pitch at bat where he fouled off a number of tough pitches throughout that entire sequence, working himself into a full count. And this is after working an eight pitch leadoff walk in the game on Tuesday. So he's come in here, his first two games off the bat in in this first thing, really setting the tone, seeing a lot of pitches, doing really what you want a leadoff man to do. Um, and, and that right there, that at bat, I think, really just set the tone again for this game here today. And so, you know, Timmy coming in here, really revitalizing this lineup here. It's very nice to see. Would you say that he is the straw that stirs a drink in this instance, then? I, I would say that, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, got to stick with the theme here. But, yeah, Timmy had a similar quote. You know, it's like, I get to set the tone. And he had some uh, words about uh, Boyd after the game, too. He said, you know, I, I was waiting him out, and um, he, he was defeated, and I let him know. He knew it, and then I let him know. I believe that was the gist of yeah. what he said, maybe not verbatim. But um, it was along those lines. So excellent to see that swagger back from Timmy. He kind of did a little pimp job on that leadoff home run. So this is still first inning. No, nobody out uh, first batter of the game. And then Eli comes up and goes oppo steve how great is it to see Eloy jimenez use all fields i know you love that oh i it's it's great to see and i think a lot of times for a guy that's a power hitter especially someone like Eloy that has that natural all fields power when you start to see them come out of a slump typically the first sign of that is really starting to drive the ball to the opposite field so we're seeing that with Eloy two days in a row now um i think that's like, like you talked about earlier, Johnny, I think this is the beginning of him getting out of that slump that he was in here. So seeing him really driving the ball with authority the other way in consecutive games here, I think this is a good sign for him starting to come out of that funk. Yeah, definitely. So um, other than that, in this box score here today, uh, Yasmani Grandal uh, got a rest day today. Um, James McCann playing against his former team. Hey, he went two for three, um, also walked twice. So uh, nice to see uh, the former Tiger doing some damage against his former team. Um and then other than that, um, Luis Robert had a clutch uh, bases clearing double uh, in, in this one. You're going to talk a little bit about Robert because he's had some struggles too, kind of like Eloy, that up and then down and then now hopefully ascending again. Yeah, you know, that that, that fifth inning, there, there was a lot of things that happened in that inning, you know. And actually, if we back up a little bit to the bottom half of that fourth inning when mm-hmm. Detroit scored four of their runs, um, you know, a lot of that was, you know, I hate, hate to steal your word here a little bit. They were opportunistic in the sense yeah. that they yep. took advantage of a passed ball where McCann and C's got crossed up on, on a, on a drop third strike. And, and then, you know, C's unfortunately kind of took his foot off the gas a little bit, gave up a, uh, gave up a, a double to, you know, Grayson Griner, a guy who did not have a hit coming into the season here. So, you know, you get this off a three, three game, and then he gives up a two run Homer after that. So now all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. You know, the, the wheels are starting to come off. And, yep. you know, so you go into the fifth inning down five to three. And again, you, that inning, there was a lot of things that, that happened in there. You know, Timmy leading off the inning w- with a with a base hit. And then Jose Abreu, of all people, drawing a walk. Mm-hmm. I, I, think that's, I think that's his first one this year, which was really amazing to see. And. The real, I, I think the pivotal play in that inning, and this is something that's not going to be reflected in the box score, was with Anderson at second and Abreu at first. 
Encarnacion hitting that, or or Timmy had gotten to, yeah, yeah, Timmy was on second at that point. Yeah, Encarnacion hitting that ground ball and faking out the the Detroit shortstop, thinking that he was you know gonna yes. make a make a move on the on the plate there, and then essentially. They didn't get. They didn't record an out on what should have been actually an inning-ending double play there, and Timmy really psyched him out, and that really kind of set the tone for Lubop to come up there in that big spot and hit that big bases-clearing triple. Yeah, yeah. What did I put out from Stocks and Tamp, Steve? Uh, you know, when other teams fuck up on defense, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than sign. Love to see that, and that's you know, you talked about Detroit being a little opportunistic. Well, turn it around, do the same thing. Uh, when you're up to bat next, and that is exactly what happened. Like you had mentioned, um, Edwin hits that ground ball kind of a little bit towards the hole, so Nico Gudrum has to kind of go um, you know, away from first base to make that one. But Timmy, like you'd mentioned, he's rounding third base, and it wasn't really uh, egregious, but it was enough to draw his attention, like you said, get the eyes there. So he's you know, kind of trying to make a play towards third when he, you know, Edwin run down the line. Just, you know, you you. Should have should have gone elsewhere, but uh, either way, Timmy's able to coax him into that error, and then it um, uh, Luis Robert makes him pay, which is great to see from the rookie. Yeah, yeah, um, Robert's really been you know struggling, and you know kind of kind of drawing on something that I wrote about um, a couple of weeks ago that you know I almost anticipated this happening with Robert, him getting off to a quick start, and then the league really making some adjustments to it, and mm-hmm. really starting to overload him with breaking balls down and away in the zone, and we're really seeing that. Um, naturally, you know, they're really using his over-aggressiveness against him right now, uh, particularly out of the strike zone. And so to actually see him kind of, you know, working at bat, you know, have, have a sequence go more than one or two pitches, get himself a pitch to actually drive and then hammer something into that, you know, triples alley there in right center field. Um, you know, I, I thought he was going to make a, make a move for third base on that one here, but you know, he settled for the bases clearing double, but we certainly will take it. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Um, so, you know, a- after that, that was the uh, final runs put on the board in this game. Uh, it was goose eggs from there on out. Um, so the White Sox, like I mentioned, pick up a 7-5 win. But while we were on the topic that's of that's triples. True, Johnny. No, no more, no more Mazzara had, had an RBI double in there. Oh, excuse me. Yes, that's right. It all came in the fifth inning. I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking just straight across here at the innings. No more Mazzara did um, have an RBI double after that to bring in Luis Roberts. So um, it, that was nice to see as well because um, I've been one, and I'll eat it uh, when he does well because I've been one that's just been skeptical of it. I, I didn't, didn't know what we were going to get, and obviously we had the injuries, which is, you know, Partially not his fault with the strep throat and they're being cautious with COVID and stuff at the beginning of the year. Then he gets hit in the hit in the foot two games in a row, same foot. Um, so he, he's out for a little bit. Um, but uh, nice to see that come through, especially in a ballpark with such big alleyways there. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, he's really been a hot button issue for a lot of people in Sox Twitter here. Um, you know, just because of the fact that he's really not driving the ball with authority. Um, same thing with Yosemite Grandal to this point, but you know, Mazar has been even less and part of that isn't his fault just due to the injuries that you talked about earlier there. Uh, so to finally see him come through with a big extra base hit in a key spot, you know, hopefully that'll kind of get him rolling a little bit now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, what, where I was going with that, uh, because I forgot that that all happened in the uh, fifth inning here. Yeah, that was after Luis Roberts' three RBI based clearing double um, when Mazar had hit that one that we were just talking about. But uh, while we were on the topic of triples there, um, 
Tim Anderson had himself one today, and you know he hit the home run to lead off, and the triple was a second at bat. So he had the easy stuff to go for the cycle here. Um, unfortunately, he was not able to get the double, uh, but he did have a couple more singles. Ended up being four for five in this game. Um, unfortunately, the other at bat was a strikeout, but still, uh, mammoth performance for Timmy in just his second game back. Yeah, I mean, that's that was just absolutely huge to see. I mean, he came out today and he looked like he wanted to just put his stamp on this game right from the outset here. We talked about with that leadoff home run, and it just did not stop from there. I mean, he he looks like he's really seeing the ball, and he's just not missing a beat at all from, from the time that he missed on the injured list here. Yeah, he looks possessed, honestly, and it's great to see because the White Sox need someone like that, especially after an uninspiring effort like Monday. I know they got a little bit back on track um, Tuesday, you know, with the win, but uh, seeing that kind of uh, – you know, we're here to kick your ass mentality. Um, excellent from Timmy. So uh, I think that's all White Sox fans have been dying to see that. And it was nice to finally see it back. But big thing is keeping it rolling because we have seen, you know, a stretch where they went six in a row before granted some of those against the Royals. Um, and then it falls right back off. So uh, consistency is going to be key here. Uh, let's move into pitching a little bit here. Dylan Cease, um, his final line was six innings, seven hits, five runs. Only one of them earned, though. Um, zero walks, which is nice to see. Five strikeouts. He did allow two home runs. Um, uh, thoughts on Dylan Cease's start today, Steve? Yeah, the first thing that, that you mentioned there that I had circled as the key with him was the zero walks. You know, that's something that for Cease has been problematic in his short stint here in the major leagues with the White Sox. Um, Walks have had a tendency to really come back and bite him. That's been one of the two issues that he's had. It's been walks and the long ball. We did see the long ball rear its ugly head again here today, unfortunately. But the fact that he was able to limit those, um, you know, one of them being a, a solo shot in the second inning to Jonathan Scope. And then, you know, the two run homer that he gave up in the fourth inning. But the fact that there were no walks. I mean, that really helped keep his pitch count down and helped allow him to get deeper into the game today. Um, you know, one thing that I, I'm really watching pretty closely with Cease is his overall fastball command still is not particularly great. And, and he's still consistently falling behind hitters with the fastball. He, he was pumping more first pitch strikes today than he has in his previous three outings to begin the season. But the one thing I'm really going to kind of dig into here a little bit, hopefully over the next week and look at some of his sequencing and, and look at some of the outcomes that are happening when he is pitching backwards to hitters, utilizing that that overhand curveball and that changeup to try to get ahead early in the count. Because I have long felt, you know, through his, again, his very brief tenure here, so it's probably, it may just be a small sample size, that I think he works almost more effectively when he pitches backwards versus relying on his fastball that he just simply doesn't have the great command up to this point. Yeah, and one thing that I like that you point out there uh, with the pitching backwards thing is socks on tap rule number 84 is drop the hammer. We all know how nasty it can be when you can command that thing. So I'm really looking forward to you uh, digging into some of that sequencing uh, there and seeing how you can improve, and hopefully that ends up translating. Hey, maybe sometimes we speak it into existence um, when that happens, and uh, he can be a little bit more effective if he's doing that. But, yeah, like I said, socks on tap rule number 84, drop the hammer. I saw a couple of them you know, spin up way high today, so hopefully you can get that thing back. Back under command. Um, but regardless, uh, as we're talking about this, obviously always improvements that you can make 
um, still nice to see the results. He, he picks up the win in this one. I know pitcher wins aren't the end-all, be-all. They barely matter, whatever. Uh, whatever your take is on it, um, still nice to see him go that distance, too, because as we were talking about in the game previous, Gio Gonzalez, um, sure, he still got the job done for you, but you had to use more of your bullpen there, a uh, guy that can go into the six here uh, helping you out, and then you have another off day, so you'll be very well-rested for this weekend series if it does happen, <laughs> which is about what we're just about to get into. Um, the rest of this game, though, here for me, um, and I see just clean, clean slates from the bullpen, goose egg straight down. Uh, I love that. Uh, Jimmy Cordero, Evan Marshall, Alex Calame in this one um, to lock it down. Marshall went one and a third, and I believe, uh, yeah, two strikeouts, only walked one there. Um, but uh, nice to see him, especially after, um, I think, the last time out, uh, he had gotten touched a little bit. So um, nice to see that he's not, like, losing it. It's not just like a fling with Evan Marshall, because I feel like that's still a concern just because he's not a huge well-known name even though after last year he probably should be and he probably is among White Sox fans but still when you ask around the MLB still wouldn't consider Evan Marshall an elite like bullpen arm so um, nice to see him uh, dial it back in today uh, with the scoreless outing so uh, final thoughts on this one before we move into what's up next yeah no you you hit on a couple of key points in here and look I, I gotta give a shout out to to your boy Alex Colome. Um, his last couple outings here, I mean, the stuff has been pretty crisp. You know, he was able to go out there again, pit, pitch mm-hmm. another one, two, three inning here today, get another strikeout in there. So his last couple times out, the stuff has really looked pretty solid. And um, even when he is pitching a contact, it's been relatively soft contact. So, you know, hey, keep that shit going here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Calme records his fifth save uh, with that outing today. Uh, ERA still at a clean zero. Nice to see there. But yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is the takeaway that you had just uh, mentioned there. Uh, Weak contact and then also um, the stuff looking a little more electric because, yeah, sure, the, the results came and he did, you know, like Ed said, he's got zero ERA. Uh, he hasn't allowed runs yet, but uh, there were, you know, times where it makes you nervous uh, before with getting guys on and them hitting it too hard. So um, at least it's trending in the right direction. Let's hope that continues. Um, so uh, let's move on here um, as a nice pair of wins. White Sox take the series that they desperately needed to, especially after, um, you know, dropping the weekend slate to the twins. So uh, let's see what's coming up here next. Uh, the White Sox are scheduled to play the Cardinals this weekend, uh, three games set on the South side of Chicago. Um, Right now, everyone knows the Cardinals have had the COVID outbreak. So they have not played a game since July 29th, which is, first of all, just absolutely ridiculous to even think about. Um, I can't imagine being a Cardinals fan and just having to like, watch other games around the league that aren't your like favorite team in that time frame. But uh, I guess that's what you get for going out to casinos on the road and whatnot. Um, anyway, uh, it's still on as of now. Um, Cardinals have recorded zero positive tests since Sunday, so that puts them in the position right now. If that keeps up, um, they would be cleared to return. Uh, the decision has been not been made on that. We make that clear. But if that keeps up um, and things are clean with them, they would be cleared uh, in time to play Friday. Um, if that does happen Friday here, uh, that is a 7.10 p.m. Central Time scheduled start. Um, obviously moved from tomorrow is supposed to be the Field of Dreams game. Um, unfortunately, you know, with the Cardinals being in this situation, and then they claimed logistics and all that probably just make uh, the COVID-19 outbreaks not look as bad for the league since they've already had enough bad press with that. Uh, that's my thought on it. But um, either way, this game has moved to Friday night. But um, you, you have a feeling on what may happen here this weekend with just the setup of games. So uh, you talked to me about it before, but air it out for the listeners, Steve. Yeah, so 
when the schedule initially came out, this Saturday game here was slated to be a 110 first pitch. And I believe it was on Monday, um, or, or it might have even been Sunday, that the start time was actually moved to 610. Now, obviously, the, the Cardinals, like you mentioned here, they haven't played a game in two weeks. They had their they had their series in Pittsburgh. Uh canceled due due to the COVID situation. They were supposed to be playing a doubleheader in Detroit tomorrow to make up a series from last weekend that they didn't get to play. Well, that has also been postponed now. My gut just tells me that with this game, the start time on Saturday being moved from a 110 to a a 610, I just got a weird hunch here, and I have nothing else to base this on. I have no inside intel that we're going to see this game Friday get banged and then see a doubleheader on Saturday, starting at like 110. And I think that's part of the reason why the Sox pushed Giolito back to Saturday, Keiko to Sunday, so that you wouldn't have the two of them pitching conceivably on the same day on a, on a doubleheader, then compromising the rest of the rotation there. So I think what would happen is if they if they ended up having that doubleheader first game, maybe Dane Dunning gets called up for mm-hmm. that one to, to make a start, or they could you know, theoretically go another bullpen game, maybe Matt Foster um, being utilized as an opener. But I almost wouldn't be surprised maybe if uh, if Dane Dunning, if they have this doubleheader on Saturday, if that's where we see the debut for him. Yeah, so you heard it here first. If that does end up happening with scheduling here, uh, the uh, socks on tap hunches. I'm going to say scoops, but we got no inside information on that. I agree with you, though. Kind of a little fishy uh, with them pushing that back. Probably just taking precautionary measures if that ends up being the case. Uh, and the Cardinals can't return on Friday exactly, but they're good for Saturday. Uh, makes a lot of sense, Steve, from what you said. Um, usually I'd go to pitching matchups here, but like we had, uh, with all the uncertainty surrounding this, it's TBD for the White Sox. So um, as Steve mentioned, possibility could be Dane Dunning being called up. And Another possibility could be Matt Foster utilized as an opener again. Uh, we shall see on the White Sox side. But as of right now, MLB.com projects Adam Wainwright to be the starter um, for the Cardinals if this one does happen uh, in this, you know, only like whatever week and a half that the Cardinals even played before. Uh, he was 1-0, uh, 1-5-0 ERA, struck out five. So uh, he last pitched on July 25th. So going to be a little rusty for the old veteran, uh, Uncle Charlie, Adam Wainwright. So um, that's about all I've got uh, for this one. We can't really give you too much more um, because it's so up in the air. Uh, you know, the Cardinals should be cleared to return, but then again, it could be a funky schedule. I think I do think that they will end up getting games in. They haven't had tests uh, positive since Sunday. I think that continues, but they're just waiting, obviously, for the official clearance. So we shall see. Stay tuned to the Socks on Tap Twitter account, and we'll retweet all those updates as soon as they come through uh, from the beat reporters. You can find them right there on our page. So uh, that being said, uh, let's get a pick to click, though. I know we're a couple days out. Uh, this is Wednesday night when we're recording. Uh, game is not until Friday evening, uh, supposedly, and it could possibly even be Saturday, uh, you know, a little afternoon. But um, let's get a pick to click for whenever the first game of the series may be. All right. So assuming it's going to be Adam Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals, I'm going to take Yoan Moncada. We've got a day off here today. You know, had some little nagging lower body injuries plus the off day tomorrow here. So he should be nice and well rested. Um, You know, I I think he's going to come out there. Wainwright's not a power pitcher by any means anymore. So he's got to kind of rely on finesse and guile at this point. And I just think Moncada, he may he may decapitate the Goose Island in this first game if Adam Wainwright pitches to him. All right. I, I like that pick a lot. Like you'd mentioned, uh, Moncada getting the day off today. Um, is it fatigue and, uh, like you had said, various lower body injuries, nagging stuff? So um, I, I like that pick. I'm going to get first time, and, and this is. Uh, 
you know, probably never would have heard these words coming out of my mouth uh, based on how upset I was over the right field moves this offseason. But if you got a ready on the mound, I'm going to go with Nomar Mazzara, uh, another guy you're talking about decapitating the goose out there. I think Tony and I talked about that on a previous episode. Uh, you know, uh, Goose Island could be sending Nomar Mazzara invoices for some of the damage that he could do there if he maximizes his potential here on the south side. So I'm going to go with Nomar Mazzara. I'd like to see one out there. Uh, you know, a couple, you know, I had the double today, so that's a nice trend in the right direction. But um, let's see the real power. Let's see it over the fence. I would love to see that. I know, you know, Detroit's big ballpark. So maybe if you're playing somewhere else like Yankee Stadium as the Little League, um, you know, right, right field setup might have been out. But um, uh, guaranteed right field hitters ballpark. Uh, let's see it. No more Mazzara. It will be my pick to click for uh, whenever the first game of the Cardinals series is. So um, getting down to the wire here, Steve, do you have a shout out um, before we close it down? Um, you know, I did not have a shout out today actually here, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to defer that one to you. All right. Um, let's see here with, uh, first of all, I want to shout out Josh Barlog for writing the recaps over at ontapsportsnet.com. Um, if you miss anything and say you're, you know, somewhere you can't listen to like a post game or whatever, uh, it's been nice this year, the addition of Josh Barlog, he has been writing up these recaps. So, um, you, you can go and kind of follow the play by play. We'll post any highlights that, you know, we oh, will tweet it from the socks on tap Twitter account too, but he will insert those within the article. Um, and then give a little bit of analysis opinion at the end uh, to kind of get you recapped of that game and then previewed for the next game. So, yeah, the, I'll keep it there. Josh Barlog, uh, go and follow him on Twitter, too, at Josh Barlog. Uh, he's been a great ad here for us at ONTAB Sportsnet. So um, that does it. That's my shout-out for today. So um, last thing, housekeeping, before we sign off, uh, make sure you're going to ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you go and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, doesn't matter. We don't care. All right, Steve, that's it. Let's close this thing down the only way we know how. White Sox for life. White Sox forever.